India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and today we have with us not one or two as usual but three writers from Forbes India and the first one Kuku Paul the associate editor from Mumbai. Hi Kuku. Hi Abhishek. Good morning. Good morning and we also have Prince Thomas joining in from Kochi. He is a senior assistant editor. Good morning Prince. Hi Abhishek. Good morning. And uh, for the first time we have Anirvan the principal correspondent from Delhi. Hi. So this this week's cover story it's not about a news story that uh, you have over the fortnight that you've chose to cover uh, but it's about the recent gloom in the economy and how companies more importantly are handling it. So Prince could you please take us through what the cover is about? So Vishik these are uncertain times that we are uh, working in especially in India if you compare the present times from the last slowdown that we saw in 2008 Now 2008 slowdown was immediate and it was like a falling over the cliff and it caught everyone by surprise and uh, many of the companies in India were not prepared for it but right now in 2011 and now in 2012 we see that the slowdown was a little more expected it's slow and gradual and the effect also has been the same and uh, at the same time the macroeconomic conditions also are pretty different we have the interest rate tightening sensex has been volatile rupee has depreciated and at the same time we realized that uh, while most of the companies would see this space to you know save cost and just sit out the slowdown there are some companies who separate themselves from the pack and look at this space as an opportunity so they use the slowdown to change their product mix uh, make some shift in the business model even restructure the company so that they are prepared when the economy recovers and the demand again catches up so we look through the cover story we're looking at these companies how uh, and these are some of the best well-known companies in india uh, across the sectors infrastructure automobile retail software and we're looking at how these companies prepare themselves in the slowdown what do they do in the slowdown that keeps them and the business stable and you know away from the volatile conditions in the environment around them so the cover story is actually looking at not just the cost cutting measures but also wider measures that they take to keep the business viable so that's the, st- the story is about right i sense a hint of optimism in what you just said and also on, on the editor's note but you know recently you talked about uh, vijay malia's liquor business not doing too well and kuku if i could get a word from you here uh, not too long ago we spoke about uh, gmr's uh, growth problems or certain uh, infrastructure hassles that india poses did didn't work out too well initially for them so uh, why then in your opinion are companies still optimistic about the economy abhishek uh, what the story to add to what prince said is about it's more like a ceo's toolkit after talking to a whole uh, cross section of uh, business people it is about how people are dealing with the slowdown as uh, as he uh, said earlier that it is this time they are prepared for it I and mean, because everybody knows it's coming and it's been there they can see it in their business like uh, we talked about gmr and gvk and we spoken to uh, people from the company to the ceo to sanjay reddy of gvk in the story and to the gmr cfo and it is not as if the problems have gone away they are both uh, companies that have piles of debt they have uh, during the growth phase more or less in the past 4 5 years they have expanded very rapidly 
and that uh, rapid growth has uh, come with a lot of debt that they have taken on. So those problems have not gone away. And uh, in this uh, story, we have sort of uh, things that we have picked up from these CEOs and we've compiled them together and uh, looked at what, what the highlights are. So one of the things that these two companies that are doing, obviously, is that they're cutting down on any further acquisitions and what they're looking on now is setting um, their assets and increasing cash flow for what they have. So they are very clearly saying that uh, no more uh, you know, bidding for a uh, large amount of uh, projects the way they were doing on airports or power projects or roads, but they will look at uh, increasing cash flow for what they have and uh, removing the bottleneck quicker execution because half a lot of money is already sunk into projects that are half complete like the Mumbai Airport expansion in GVK's case or uh, projects. So they are looking at quickly commissioning them so that the cash flow starts and the debt reduces. So these are the kind of uh, you know actions. It is not as if optimism doesn't mean that things have changed or uh, situation remains uncertain. But there are uh, measures that the companies are taking and the story talks about this. Right. And what are the companies that you had a chance to uh, interact with, like the CEOs? Here in Delhi, we interacted with um, Maruti, head of marketing, the CFO, uh, and also Mr. Bhargav, who, who is the chairman. And then with Airtel, we talked with the CEO, Sanjay Kapoor. Then with DCM Sriram, we talked to the Sriram brothers who, who run the show jointly. So let's start with the car industry and we just had the auto expo in Delhi and it was a grand affair. Did any one of you have a chance to visit the auto expo? Oh, me and Prince were there along with our colleague from Bombay, Ashish Misha. So tell us about it. What are the CEOs there saying? Sure. So the auto expo, I think the mood was a mix because we saw a few new models being launched. So that was some spark in the air. But at the same time, there were talks about CEOs being concerned about what kind of growth they would be seeing this year. And uh, uh, while in the last two years after 2008, the 2010 and 11 years have been good for the auto industry and uh, they have grown by high double digit rates. At the same time, if you look at the you know car model launch itself at the auto expo, there were very few. Most of the new models were at the SUV segment. That itself was an indication of how companies were preparing themselves for the slowdown because Maruti, for the first time, they actually launched something that is very specific, not a small car segment, but the SUV segment, they launched Ertiga, and that is their way of preparing or looking at the slowdown. So one of the ways that Maruti is looking at the slowdown is to get into segments which are growing faster. So the SUV segment is growing pretty well in India. And also what Maruti interestingly has done is to mine the data it has collected over the years. And they're using it at an advantage of the slowdown because they have a data of 7 to 9 million customers. And they're looking for larger trends through these data points. On the other hand, they're also using the data to target very specific uh, customers. For instance, there is this guy in Lajpat Nagar in Delhi whose family owns around 30 Omnis. So they were very, very loyal customers of Omnis. So the Mauti guys went and said that, okay, you bought Omnis all these years. Why do you go just upgrade a little and buy an Eco? So they have made the transition and they have sold the family three to five Ecos. So this is how Mauti is trying to, you know, function and using the slowdown as an opportunity and it is interesting that the marketing head there said that if it is not for a slowdown they would have never done this so it's a very perfect example of how a company is using a slowdown to his advantage 
because I think Kuku had a very good talk with Pawan Goenka. Uh, if Kuku could add about what Mahindra has learned from Slodan. Yes, uh, we spoke to Pawan Goenka here in Bombay and we had Mahindra's automotive and farm business. So he spoke about how they are viewing the slowdown and also they acquired Sangyong, the Korean company. So the exposure really, the problem for them is looking at the Indian scenario uncertainty here and the global scenario because Sangyong exports uh, all over the world. Looking at back at the 2008 slowdown, they said if they had stopped investing at that time, they wouldn't have had the XUV and their new products. They wouldn't have acquired Reva, for instance, if they had looked only short term. So they right. are very clear. So And this is one of the learnings that, that they will keep investing in R&D. That's what the, the overall theme is in the story, that it's not optimism in that sense. It is more about being prepared and what people are doing. For instance, in, in Mahindra's case, they have variants ready of the XUV that are cheaper, which they have on the drawing board. It's not on the assembly line, but if they sense a slowdown beyond a certain point, they'll start launching those variants that are lower price. Uh, and this is what the toolkit is about, about people being prepared, keeping the big picture in mind and uh, how they respond. To it. So how are players in the other industries uh, reacting? For instance, in the consumer market, you have Airtel. Bharti Airtel is a company that is featured in the cover. So how is a company like Airtel reacting where there is fierce price competitive environment around? So we talked to the Airtel CEO, Sanjay Kapoor. He basically said that normally they would roll out plans for the entire country, but this time they were taking more of a sniper approach, as he called it, uh, instead of a shotgun approach, which means that he would target specific segments of the econo- economy which are growing. For example, only 40% of the rural market is covered by mobile phones. So he uh, is focusing on that. And, and he said that Airtel has already raised the tariffs, and most of the players are going that way. But what happens in the slowdown is that um, the usage rate usually also comes down. I mean, the number of minutes that uh, a customer generally talks. Right. But he sounded optimistic that despite the higher tariff rates, customers will still uh, be fine talking as much as they do because they are still uh, the, these rates are still the cheapest in the world. Yeah, just want to add uh, that Airtel is also restructuring the whole organization. So while earlier the organization was divided in verticals, so they had the mobile and the DTH and the other services, mm-hmm. now they're completely taking off the vertical system and demarketing them in terms of B2B and B2C. So in B2C, you have all the telecom and the DTH businesses, and in B2B, you have the enterprise businesses. And the aim here is to service the customer better. So a person who uses, say, Airtel's telecom service, plus also the DTH, so mm-hmm. he would need to just talk to one customer service agent instead of you know, two agents for that. They're kind of restructuring the whole business across India, and that is helping them save cost, marginalize operations, use common real estate, so it's interesting that they are again uh, using this opportunity to get ready for the future because like Kapoos had said, he's seeing that the market is shifting from voice to data. They themselves are preparing for that transition. One of the things also to add to what Prince is saying is that companies are sort of repairing their business models in case the particular part of the business is not making money. For instance, in the power business, talking to GVK, we figured that they were not doing too well in the gas-based power projects, where even mm-hmm. though they had sunk in a couple of hundred crores there, 
So what they have chosen to do is to abandon those <laughs> gas projects because the gas is not coming and it's not going. The project is not going anywhere. So now they have changed their thing to first finding the resource and then starting to build the project. So repairing the business model is something that a lot of companies are doing um, in order to preserve capital. Right, and Kuku, you also talk about the dilemma that uh, such companies have—the big, the infrastructure companies, for instance, about asset building versus building cash flows. Generally, only one of the two can happen at the same time. So, at the moment, companies like GVK and GMR, do you do you see them building cash flows instead of buying new land or getting into new projects? Yes, the point was earlier about this whole optimism about India's growth, nine percent, and that drove a lot of these, particularly the entrepreneurial uh, companies, into just going out and trying to get as much of a slice of that growth as possible. In both these companies, they operate across three verticals, and those are roads, power, and airports, and all these three are uh, verticals where they expected a huge amount of growth, and the growth has come. India right. is the fastest growing, growing aviation market in the world today. But it is ironic that there is growth and yet there is no profitability. Uh, because mm-hmm. in all these businesses, they have invested huge amounts of money and uh, they're all long-term infrastructure projects anywhere in the world take more than a decade for the returns to come. And the expectation right. earlier, not only from these companies, but also from the stock market, looking at the crazy valuations that these companies were getting, uh, say, five, six years ago, was that uh, the returns would come much quicker. But the reality is obviously not that. And globally, we've seen infrastructure companies report 2%, 1.5%, 2% kind of returns. So it's more like a reality check. The wild optimism that was there earlier is absolutely not there now. And it is more towards making more, doing more with what you have rather than going around buying stuff all over or bidding at very low returns. But on the same count, are there any industries that are not prone to recession. Prince, I remember we, we joked about it a little bit when we spoke about Vijay Malia's liquor business where you said that generally even during bad times, uh, liquor business does well. And, and of course, during the good times as well. And incidentally, just a couple of days back, uh, there was a report which said that the whiskey industry in Scotland has not been affected by recession. It saw a 23% rise in exports. And uh, the British economy, one report says that every second, 125 pounds is being poured into the economy uh, through revenues and jobs circling around whiskey. So some say that that there is at least one industry which is not prone to recession. How how true would that be in India's case? With the liquor industry, always want to drink when you're celebrating and drink when you want to sink your sorrows also. But at the same time, there are actually sectors which are recession-proof. For instance, the healthcare. Mm -hmm. And one of the companies that we talked to was the Max Group. And they are in insurance and healthcare, and insurance is their bigger bigger business. At the same time, healthcare, they have had a lot of uh, expansion projects happening last year and this year. And the interesting thing is they're going ahead with it because healthcare is something that people need, whatever mm-hmm. the times are, however the times are. And if you look at even some other groups like the Fortis, they're also expanding fast. And they're also tweaking the business model because real estate can be an integral part for expanding your hospital chain. And they're mm-hmm. tweaking their business. One, they should go buy and build and operate their own real estate spaces, but they're also getting into joint ventures, into the lease, 
model franchising model segment so they're tweaking the business models according to the business environment but the sector in itself is recession proof which also brings me to the other business the insurance business of banks it's very interesting that as you know irda regulations came about 2 years ago and it stipulated that the insurance company should move away from the ulip linked policies to more pure life saving policies and what mags had taken a very conscious decision that it would tweak its product policies and have more than almost 80% of pure savings policies rather than the, the equity linked ulip policies and it has done it well now in the slowdown because the equity linked policies are also volatile and they, as they track the sensex but this life saving policy is they give you a return even during a slowdown mm-hmm. and that is bearing the company very well now and its conservation ratio which is the ratio or rather i could say shows how many customers actually continue to, to pay the premium in the second and third year also and its conservation ratio is the highest in the country among private life insurance companies and second only to lic so this is another example of how a company took a strategy which is completely different from the rest of the industry but during its mm-hmm. slowdown it is kind of paying off right so i can hear a bird chirp in the background which which place is this is this kochi delhi or mumbai <laughs> which one of the three <laughs> this is near kochi i mean not exactly kochi but my hometown yeah <laughs> in kerala ah, great one, one final question before we log off is if you guys had done this cover story let's say 3 years down the line if you do this cover story how different do you think it would be i know it's a hypothetical question and a question that you might not like to answer but why don't one of you take a shot at it so we are we are talking about the same story let's say 3 to 5 years down the line so how differently do you think the ceos will look forward to that time 3-4 years down the line, difficult to you know <laughs> predict what is going to happen. But most of the CEOs we talked to were pretty optimistic about the long-term growth prospects. So there would be good times and there would be bad times. It's more like a fine curve. So I would say that if, if we were to do this story 3-4 years down the line, we would see one that the companies have learned uh, from the previous slowdowns because we are already seeing that now that they have learned mm-hmm. from 2008 and. Uh, are better prepared this time uh, learn from the past from the restructuring from the new measures they had taken they know what works what doesn't so i think they will be in a much better position to counter it if there is a slowdown in that period great thanks a lot anirban and thank you kuku and uh, prince for your time thank you very much thank you and for all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbes india's new website that is forbesindia.com as well as the indicast.com you can also get this on itunes To subscribe to Forbes, message Forbes to five one eight one eight.